1: You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio.
0: It's hour one on this Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving. But that doesn't stop us from firing up the grills. The Traegers are on fire today. Not literally. We have blueberry sausage breakfast fatties. Excuse me? Blueberry sausage breakfast fatties. What do you call me? (laughs) Blueberry sausage breakfast fatty. Bacon, eggs... We also have pancakes, we have breakfast sausages, and we have home fries. It's breakfast at lunch. Who has it better than we do? Nobody. All righty. First hour brought to you by the great folks at Mercedes-Benz, the holiday love celebration, and you know I love love. Learn more about it, mbusa.com slash special offers. Play of the day, stat of the day, poll question, all of that forthcoming. We will take your phone calls. Operator Tyler standing by 877 3DP show email address dp at danpatrick.com Twitter handle at dp show. Good morning to those watching on peacock chatting on chat row and our radio affiliates around the country. We'll look at the college football weekend, the NFL weekend as well, the NCAA rankings, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, Washington, Florida State now on the outside looking in, Oregon, Texas, and Alabama. All lurking. I'm going to start with LeBron James scoring his 39,000th uh, point last night. And it wasn't a big deal. In fact, here is the call of LeBron scoring first player ever to get to 39,000 points.
2: Well, he's only really on a limit when the Lakers are blowing the other team out. LeBron!
1: Drill it from downtown!
0: All right. And you don't stop the game. It's just that's 39,000 points for LeBron. And I think his career average is 27.5, 7.5, 7.5, 1.5 steals. But he's been doing this for 21 seasons. And there's no real dip. He's still one of the top 10 players in the game. Here is LeBron talking about reaching that milestone.
3: Um, I got congratulated by all my teammates and coaches and things of that nature. and um, I haven't had an opportunity to really... I guess wrap my head around what that means. I mean, you know, you know so many great players um, they, they came across this league since, a, since the beginning of time and so many great scores. And uh, to be able to accomplish something as a first of anything, I think that's that's always pretty cool. Um, and it's like a, it's a wild moment, that's for sure.
0: Okay, how many players come into the, the sport, into the game, not known as shooters? LeBron was not a shooter. Now he's not a great shooter. He's a streaky shooter, but he came in as sort of a all-around, you know, talented player. That he was big, he was fast, strong, get to the hoop, uh, good passer, great passer, rebound, all of those things. But he became the greatest scorer in the history of the sport. It just doesn't happen unless you you want it to happen. And I think he made himself a better shooter, uh, a dangerous shooter, shooting a three-pointer and being able to get to the hoop whenever he wants to. Usually when you get older, you're not able to get to the hoop as often as you would like. Or you want to maybe uh, preserve your energy by shooting jumpers. You know, Jordan stopped going to the hoop because they started knocking him down. And then he you know, would go in the low post. He had a you know, great mid-range game. LeBron it can still go to the hoop. And even Michael Jordan said, look, if, if he goes right, you're not going to be able to stop him. He still can be that kind of player. And for him to hit that uh, 39,000 point barrier with a three pointer, I thought was interesting as well, because other players in history, Wilt Chamberlain wouldn't have benefited from this. Uh, Oscar, maybe. Jerry West would have. But you're looking at certain players saying, uh, you know, as a result of the three point shot. Are they a greater shooter, scorer than somebody else, but they had the benefit of the three-point shot? Larry Bird certainly would have taken advantage of that. Jordan, as great as he was, would have learned to incorporate that in his game. But it's a pretty impressive milestone for LeBron because I came up with a different angle on the argument of LeBron and Michael Jordan. Now, I've said, and having witnessed all those championships, who would I take? Game on the line. You have to win one game one season i would take michael jordan but if i said i could give you 21 consecutive years of high end basketball 21 in counting high end basketball and he's going to make you relevant you're going to be in the playoffs uh, half of his career he's played for a championship almost half his career or i can give you 13 years of michael jordan where he wins you know seven championships six champ six championships he wins six uh lebron wins four but lebron gets you back there and lebron is still playing where michael you know he retires and he comes back with the wizards so who do you take if i give it if i present it that way i give you the longevity greatness of lebron james and michael jordan would give you those six titles and you know it was at truncated portion of his career where they could have won six in a row, seven, eight in a row maybe if he didn't play baseball. But he didn't give you longevity the way LeBron has. So I, LeBron's going to give you eight more years where Mike's going to be out of the game. And if you if you consider that, the totality of their careers, LeBron is a better basketball player. But once again, I'll come back and say that Michael Jordan's the greatest I've ever seen. And if you have a game to win, I want him, you know, I want him leading the charge. But I think sometimes what LeBron does gets lost. And I think there's the people kind of look at it and go, oh, it's LeBron. Oh, you know, it's always about LeBron. Oh, it's drama. You know, Mike never dealt with social media. LeBron is, you know, knee deep in that. And I think people maybe get tired of LeBron, the overcoverage of LeBron. Uh, I have to look at that and respect the results and the workout and the dedication to do that. And that's a young man's game. So I just wanted to mention that, that sometimes we, we build up animosity or, hey, LeBron's not going to you know interfere with my childhood memories of Michael Jordan. I understand all of those things. But I think sometimes we go out of our way to be critical of LeBron and not complimentary of LeBron. They're not a good team right now they won a couple of games, but 39,000 points. And I don't know what that means to anybody else. You know, Kareem was there. Carl Malone was there. You know, you got, what, five guys who've scored 30,000 or more. Uh, Kobe was in there. But 39,000, and counting. I mean, he's going to end up with at least 40,000 points in his career.
4: And he's not slowing down. Yeah, Paulie? I always like to point out uh, LeBron's at 282 playoff games. That's already the record. He's just piling them on. Uh, He averaged 41 minutes a game in those 282 games. So you're adding about four seasons of NBA basketball, four seasons of the most intense NBA basketball, and the most minutes.
0: It is amazing. I mean, the numbers are truly amazing. But to be able to do this, and I, I think if you look at Tom Brady and you look at, LeBron James. And maybe you look at Brady because he was in shape and he created something. Uh, not a great athlete, but he made himself into a great, you know, the greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, Joe Montana didn't stay healthy. You now, uh, Tom Brady did. Therefore, you have the totality of his career. Now, somebody might say you got one game to win. Who do you want as your quarterback? I might take John Elway, but that's just me. But Montana went 4 and0 in Super Bowls. Mike went six and0 in the NBA Finals. Tom Brady was there half of his career. He'd be playing in Super Bowls. It's the same as LeBron. Now LeBron was born into some better genes. The DNA pool was a little bit deeper for LeBron when he came in. But and it's weird how you feel like I could work out like LeBron. That doesn't make me LeBron there's players who probably feel like I could work out the way Tom did, and I might be Tom Brady. Because there's nothing where you go, like, you can't do that. He's not Michael Vick. He's, Tom Brady made himself into a really good player. But the off-season conditioning, the workouts, the diets, all of those things. And Remember when you know, LeBron spends a million dollars on his body and working out? I'm sure it's more than that. But that's one of those where a light bulb goes on and you're going, oh, wow. So if that guy... With that talent, is working hard or harder in the offseason than these other players. That's why he's able to do what he's doing. After 21 years, all those playoff games. Yeah, go give LeBron a hug if you see him today. You know, just maybe not walk up to him. But don't just, actually, no, yeah, don't, no, don't probably do that. not. No, don't don't, do that. just give him like a an air air hug. He'd likely prefer you don't touch him. <laughs> hey, Dan Patrick said, come up and give you a hug. No, no. An air hug, just like, hey, LeBron, congratulations. Like, wave past the security guards.
3: LeBron, well, Dan said, give a hi. Yeah, Yeah.
0: Yeah, I just thought, you know, maybe mention LeBron, (laughs) giving thanks to LeBron, doing what he's doing.
3: Yeah, smart. But I think basketball and football are one of those two sports where the numbers are, mm, I don't know what the rushing record is, numbers-wise. I know who has it. But baseball is the one where where it used to be. The numbers are are 660, you know, all those. And so I didn't thirty nine thousand. I was like, oh, he's the first one to get it. Oh, I, I had no idea.
0: Yeah, maybe it doesn't resonate. But but then what sport has numbers that resonate anymore? Now, if I said uh, who's got the record for most passing touchdowns in a season? What's the uh, most uh, total yards uh, passing in a season? Rushing? Who holds that? receiving, like, it doesn't matter that much anymore. But I just, you know, having followed his career, actually seeing him in high school, in a high school playoff game, to see where he is now, the development of him as a scorer. He's not a shooter. He's a scorer. But to come in, and he was known for his passing. He was a pass-first guy. And there, that's when people had a problem with him. Oh, afraid to take the big big shot. And he might have been. He might have. Not a great Clutch free throw shooter. Like, those are the knocks on him. But he wins. Where he goes, he wins. He makes you relevant. And if you said, I can have 21 years of that kind of basketball, how many, how many years did Jordan play? Do we have, like, 13, 12, 13? Todd, you were going to say something?
3: It doesn't resonate in numbers, especially like what Marvin was saying, basketball and football. What resonates, I guess, to all of us is if you look at who they surpassed. When you say he's got more than A, B, and C, then it becomes a bigger deal than just throwing out
4: 39,000 as just some kind of random number. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, Paulie. Jordan played 13 seasons with the Bulls, two seasons with Washington. In comparison, Jordan played 179 playoff games, about 42 minutes a game like LeBron. LeBron's at like 280. No. Yeah.
0: And I don't want this to become the argument and take over the show. I just, I think sometimes that, and there is no argument for me, Michael's the greatest player I've seen. Greatest player uh, because I saw the results. But the the longevity has to be factored in with LeBron. He has had a better career. That doesn't make him a better basketball player. It makes him, longevity-wise, he has put up numbers. He's played in uh, quality games, big games. And, you know, he's won championships as well. Yes, yeah, Seaton.
5: I think part of it, too, though, is that LeBron is still playing, and people hate players when they still play. It isn't until Mike people hated Michael Jordan. When the Knicks fans hated Michael Jordan, they weren't like, Hey, we got knocked out of the playoffs again, but at least it was to Jordan, huh? How great is that? They hated him. So it wasn't until after he was gone a few years that
0: you're like, man, that dude was just the best. He was a killer, you know? <laughs> like you want, don't want to acknowledge something in the moment because Yes, we don't... got the Bulls again. <laughs> yes. Yes. Maybe maybe Jordan will knock us out again. Yes. What well, do you think that in ten years from now we look back on LeBron and we have greater appreciation? Because Oh, it... definitely. While he's still playing in his thirty-first season in the NBA, ah yes, yeah, one. I didn't think of that. I think he's waiting for his son to have a son to then get to the NBA, and then he's going to probably be the first of three generations to play <laughs> at the same time dunking on your grandson. Yeah,
3: yes, Marv. Who's done first,
0: you or LeBron? Ooh, LeBron. Well, I got four years. I'm 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 hoping for four years. Oh, no, you do four years. It's all day-to-day. We're all day-to-day. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I can't say it. I like that update. I'm hoping for four years. Yes, I am. <laughs> you know, it is day-to-day sometimes. Yeah. I come in and yeah. I go, I can't. I'm not going to last four years. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is LeBron playing in his 25th season when I retire? Whew,
4: man. I'm going to say no. I'm going to. Three years? He he's under contract this year. He's under contract next year with a player option for fifty one million. And then he's an unrestricted free agent at age forty one in twenty twenty five. God, he might still be playing. <laughs> he might
3: he might be still be playing. Yeah, Mar. Also, LeBron James will be thirty nine uh, December thirtieth. Yeah. The head coach of the Jazz, Will Hardy, is
0: thirty five. <laughs> I was like, oh man, good for him. Oh. How about career salary game for LeBron James? You know spur of the moment we've here We've never done hey, it for him. Steve. I don't think we've done it. And here we go. 18. Any reason to play this?
5: Salary,
1: salary, salary.
0: My favorite. By the way, the uh, music theme for today, since we're not here on Friday, is going to be songs with food in the title. Is that correct, Marv?
3: Food in the title or... In the song. Or bands that are named after food or drink. Okay. Something you can consume. Food or drink? Yeah, something you can consume.
0: Like Red Hot Chili Peppers, Blind Melon. Right. Okay, all right. Uh, Paulie, career salary
4: game for LeBron James. LeBron's first year he made four million. His current salary is forty seven million six. Okay. Uh I'm gonna include next year because that is guaranteed. Right. So in twenty yikes. Twenty two years. Twenty <laughs> twenty two years. Yeah. What is LeBron made on the court? Closest to the hole, over or under. Todd, you go first.
3: $468 million. All
4: right.
0: Respectable guess there. Seton O'Connor. I feel like that's light. Okay. and it's LeBron
5: James. Have you heard of him? We, we're we talking about LeBron maybe, James. Maybe <laughs> Perhaps big, you have heard of him. The big question
4: is, does he play longer?
5: We we're talking about LeBron James, yeah. okay? I don't think people realize that. Uh, I'm going to say uh, $550 million. All righty. Marvin.
3: Five hundred and fifteen million right. dollars. Fifteen. Fifteen million. 15. Okay.
0: I'm gonna go four ninety eight seven. That's disrespectful. That's
4: a slap in the face. <laughs> Anything without a five is a slap in the face. Uh five hundred and thirty million eight hundred and eighty two thousand. All right. I'm gonna round it up to five thirty one.
0: Uh, is that you, Seton, the big winner? Nah, well, I went over, so it's Marvin. Oh, okay. Congrat- Pluses to going without over. Oh, okay. Congratulations. Is that Marvin. the
4: most in team sports history? That has to be the most in team sports. I think Garnett was up there, but he's not even at No, 40. no, he
0: was 300.
4: Yeah, I don't – I got to check what Mahomes will make. Okay.
5: Garnett and uh, Shaquille are actually the uh, like very the very beginnings of career salary game. Hmm. Yeah, but three 300 They were, yes. Yeah, well, Shaq, at the time, it was just an astronomical amount of money that yeah. he made. And I remember I was obsessed with it at ESPN working there. I would check dude's salaries every single day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Every single day I would be like, do you know how much money that he's made in his career?
4: I think it's like Shaq, Jason Kidd, Garnett were the first guys to crack $300 million. And then A-Rod, I think, for baseball might be the only. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, no, you'll have... Mike Trout. Trout, I think, is on his way. i got to check if he's Bryce at- Harper, Bryce yeah. like Harper. You're going to have a, a, quite a few 300 million guys.
3: Yes, Todd? Assuming he heals nicely. Otani, does he break all records at some point when all is said and done? Where do you think he ends up?
0: Well, baseball contracts are guaranteed, so I would say as soon as he signs, he's going to be in that $400 million category, maybe a little bit more. Yes, Paulie?
4: All right, Patrick Mahomes' contract is very wonky because his is very like a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. It's like low up front, the big contract he signed. Yep. He has only made only in seven seasons, one hundred thirty-six million dollars. Mm. Over the next, if all goes well, man, he's gonna have to restructure some stuff. He's got forty-four million coming, then fifty, then fifty-six, then fifty-two, then twenty-seven. It all. all I got Mahomes finishing this contract in 2031 at $496 million. Yeah, that's a bargain. And I don't, mm, there's a little bit of way out of it, but he's going to be getting $400 million in his sleep. Yeah.
5: Now, let's throw in Mike Trout. <laughs> we're, going, we're going through all of these greats that have, uh, Like, look at all the rings they're stacking yeah. up, look at all these great accomplishments. Yeah. Mike Trout, on the other hand, by the end
0: of
1: 2030, Hold it.
0: Save it. Oh, my gosh, we're so late. Save it. We are. Let's take a break. Take a break. Just getting started on this Wednesday back after this.
1: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
6: Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowl of Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask?
3: All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock.
5: And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete
1: a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Didn't really have a follow-up
0: song as far as, as Don McLean,
4: Like his second best song.
0: I think it's called Vincent and it's about Vincent Van Gogh. But I think that's about it for Don McLean. Plus, this was a really long song. This might be seven minutes, eight
4: minutes. Yes, Marv. Eight minutes and 49 eight. seconds. Yeah,
0: that's a really, really long song for radio play.
4: Yes, Paul. In eighth grade music class, uh, we, we had a teacher who went through line by line of this song and discussed what the meanings were and what yeah. the historical references were. And we're a bunch of 12 and 13 year olds. And it was. I still remember that class of how much we learned about the background of the song, like the Beatles and the Stones and Buddy Holly, Al- dying Altmont and all these different uh, references. When the
0: music music died.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Cool.
0: Yes,
5: Seaton. That was the uh, slightly more modern version of that. Is we didn't start the fire with uh, Billy Joel. That was non. That uh, was just wall to wall cultural references. Yeah. A little more obvious. A little more like on the nose by Billy Joel, but yeah.
0: Um, so music theme is uh, food in the name of the band or in the song. Yes, Pauline.
4: I have a quick Thanksgiving trivia question okay. before we bring in our next guest. Okay. Can you name the only NFL team that has never played on Thanksgiving Day? Never played mm. on Thanksgiving Day. Hmm. Hint, hmm? our next guest. The Jacksonville Jaguars? Bloop. Jacksonville Jaguars. All right.
0: Maurice Jones-Drew played for the Jags. He now uh, works for the Rams as their radio analyst, NFL network analyst. You can catch him. Uh, that'll be coming up on NFL Game Day kickoff Friday at 1 Eastern. Dolphins-Jets Black Friday game at uh, 3 Eastern on Prime Video. And Mojo joins us on the program. No Thanksgiving Day game in your career, huh?
6: No, not at all, um, which I think was nice, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, i like to spend that time with my family because, you know, during the football season, you rarely get to see them anyway. So it's kind of how it is now as well with uh, working with the Rams and doing the network. I get only like Tuesdays and Wednesdays off and some Fridays. So yeah, it's okay. I'll sit down and watch football those days.
0: What about Christmas? Did you play on Christmas? I played on Christmas.
6: I played on Christmas. I played on New Year's. Um, but Thanksgiving, no. Especially being in Florida, being from California – my whole family would fly out to, uh, to Jacksonville, so my grandma would start cooking uh, with my wife and my mom, and then they would uh, you know, come home from practice early that morning and stuff my face.
0: Let's look at the games coming up here. Um, I don't know what point of the season do you go, okay, now I've figured out this team. Like, Do you know who the Cowboys and the Dolphins are right now?
6: Uh, I do. I, I think they're really good teams that beat up on really bad teams. But when they play good teams, they don't necessarily show up all the way. Dallas a little bit more than Miami, um, which means they'll make the playoffs and they may make the divisional round, but I think once they play the top top four teams, or if they're if there are the fourth team in the AFC and the NFC, they'll play the third seed or the, the the however it pans out, I don't think they'll win.
0: Okay, is there a team that is good but you're not quite sure like you have a question mark about them
6: I, I yeah I think uh you can look at the Chiefs from Monday night uh I think the Chiefs played they dominated that game for you know three and a half quarters and then something happened right and it, is, is it the drops offensively it was a defense just was on the field too long um but to me the Chiefs are a really good team it's just so happens that they lead the league and they lead the league in drops right with 26 which isn't a good stat to have uh, if you expect to win the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, but I'm wondering, it still feels like the one given in the NFL is Patrick Mahomes. Out of all of the players, you still go back to, well, it is Patrick Mahomes. I don't know if we say that about any other player in the NFL.
6: Um, I I think Lamar Jackson is in that. I know last year he missed a lot of uh, games towards the end of
0: the year. but He's not a good uh, playoff performer, at least uh, so far.
6: Well, I, I think I think we'll see how good he is this year because the last couple of years, every every year he was, you know, before last year, he got him to the wild card, he got him to the divisional. Then it was supposed to be the AFC championship game, and he missed. I think this year, depending on how it pans out, because the Chiefs are now the two seed, which is going to be the first time since Patrick Mahomes taken over, if they don't get the one seed, this will be the first time ever he hasn't been the one seed in the AFC that they have. They may have to go through another city to go to the Super Bowl. It may be the reason that, you know, the Baltimore Ravens get that opportunity to go.
0: You got a good handle on how good Jacksonville is?
6: Um, I do. I, I think the Jags are um, a lot better than what people think. Um, I think they're they're not ready for the upper echelon yet of, you know, the Niners or the Eagles or the Chiefs. I think they're right there on the cusp and they have to continue to get better. Um, but I think that they're they're playing so well right now. This game this week is going to be a game that they have to win. Uh, one, because you can't get swept by Houston, um, in the NFL, but two, you gotta, you gotta make sure that you win the AFC South so you, that you do get a home game in Jacksonville so that you can, you don't have to go on the road, uh, every time and have to be road warriors. So this is going to be a huge game. And the last time they played the Texans, I think they they lost 37, 14 at home. So now you got to go to Houston. And this is one of those games where, uh, even when I was in the league, no matter how good Houston was or how bad we were, this is always a tough game for us. So uh, it's just something about that Houston Texans-Jacksonville Jaguars rivalry that you're going to need. And this team has the – I believe the Jags are the most complete, talented team. They just have to put it all together in a game. They haven't done that yet.
0: Wait, in the league, they're the most complete team? Oh, I think
6: they they have three receivers. They have a tight end. They have a runner. They have multiple linemen that can step in. They actually traded for another really good lineman from Minnesota. Defensively, they have pass rushers. They have interior guys. They have secondary linemen. They have corners and safeties who can cover. It's just about them putting it all together. They have one of the best kickers in the NFL and, and McManus, right? So they they have a roster that's ready to go, but they're young. And so how do you – this is kind of – this is where it gets, like, tricky. They're a young team. How do you continue to grow and push them forward? Um, and this is going to be one of those stepping stones they have to do take uh, throughout the course of the season to get to where they want to get to.
0: He's Maurice Jones-Drew, NFL Network Analyst, also the uh, radio analyst for the uh, Rams. I want to play something that Tom Brady said to Stephen A. Smith, and I want you to tell me what you think he's, who is he directing this to?
4: I think there's a lot of mediocrity in today's NFL. I don't
2: see the excellence that I saw in the past. I think the coaching isn't as as good as it was. I don't think the development of young players is as good as it was. The rules have allowed a lot of bad habits to get into the actual performance of the game. So I just think the product, in my opinion, is less than what it's
0: been. Who's he uh, Uh, sending that message to? I think he's
6: sending that to offensive coaches. I I completely agree. Um, So many times it's always about who has the coolest design and who can motion and shift and do all this stuff to confuse people. But the NFL is about getting the tough yard, right? There's certain situations in the thing, and we used to talk about it in Jacksonville is can you get a yard if you need to get one yard, right? Can you just line up and go forward? What is the team that we've always seen the last couple of years line up and get a yard? What team would you think that would be? The Eagles. The Eagles, right? And, and every time this game comes down to a one fourth fourth and one or a situation on the goal line, the Eagles are going to get that yard. They, they will, they're, they're almost automatically going to get that yard. And so That's why they continue to beat teams up. Yes, they have some fancy stuff and some different things, but when it's third and one I see teams do fly sweeps or I see teams do a motion and play action and all this stuff and it takes too long to develop, it's just like all you need is a yard. You telling me that you can't get your lineman to fire off the ball a running back to run through a guy for three feet? You can't get three feet? And so I think the league has gotten, I think with the rules, I think with – kind of this young geniuses or these young OCs who are trying to become head coaches they've they've lost the essence of just having a tough team to be able to get one yard if you need to and uh when that comes back I think Tom is right when that comes back you'll start to see the the other guys develop the young players but right now it's less about developing and more about your schematics. And uh, I'm a big believer in it's about the players and not the scheme. I mean, the old adage is it's about the Jimmy and Joes, not the X's and O's. Right now in the NFL, it's about the X's and O's. And uh, you're seeing a lot of players really not be developed the way they should be.
0: Uh, do you think the uh, brotherly shove is going to stay in the game? Yeah, why wouldn't it?
6: I mean, it's a quarterback sneak. Everybody runs it. You, have, Everybody has the chance to execute it. It's just that Philly – has uh, a quarterback that squats 700 pounds, and they have a lineman that can literally push you off the ball, and uh, it's on you to stop it. I always say just don't let him get to this you know, fourth and two or third and one so you don't have to worry about it.
0: <laughs> uh, the Barry Sanders documentary uh, drops this week. When I say the name Barry Sanders, what comes to mind?
6: Uh, to me, he, he's he's the quintessential running back for me. Right. Smaller guy, very quick, complete opposite personality, though. Um, And I think you'll see his work ethic and how he worked and trained. I was actually coached by uh, Sylvester Croom, who coached him when he was in Detroit. Uh, And to hear some of the stories uh, of his work ethic, there was a story that Croom had told us that he had got caught one time and his teammates like ragged him so bad that every day after that he ran 100 or he ran 10 110s. Uh, full speed before or after practice and he never got caught again. Right. <laughs> um and and that, that's kind of the thing. Like when you're you got to think of NFL practice is one of the most exhausting. Like you're you're flying around mentally, physically doing things. And for him to go and take 10 do 10 10s just so that he doesn't get caught again shows you the mindset that he had on top of, you know, had some of the best moves in the game uh and played on the team really was that team uh, that went to the playoffs in 91. He was, he was one of the, he was the piece to go. And then when he left, you know, Detroit went through this stretch where they haven't been to the playoffs in, what, 30 years or something like that, or 20 years it might have been. Um, and now the good, it's good to see them going back to kind of their roots of running the football and being physical. Uh, but Barry Sanders really, for me, gave me the hope that I could play in the NFL even though, you know, he wasn't 6'3", 200 pounds or whatever they, they want the running backs to be nowadays.
0: But I... You know, some of it is so instinctual. I don't know what that feeling's like when you get through a hole and then what what do you think in the moment when you're running through that hole? Because with Barry, I don't know if he thought as much as he just like it's just God given, but can you put us in a running back's yeah. head? Yeah, so you rep you
6: gotta think you rep these plays try you try to rep them as much as you can physically but it's more mentally watching tape and studying guys and seeing what you do once you go through the hole you're not you're not thinking anything right you're, you're you're going through the hole and your body is reacting to what you saw and what you've practiced throughout the week so with Barry I mean there was a play I want to say there was a play where he spun the guy from New England around yeah, yeah. right that's all reactionary I'm gonna make a cut this way the Guy turns his back, I'm gonna cut back because now I know I have the speed and the ability to outrun him to the end zone. Um, it's again, I, I coach youth football and I coach high school football, and I always tell our kids that you do all the thinking throughout the week so that you can just react and play fast on game day. That's all you want to do is just react and let your natural, your body, and your natural instincts play fast because you've already done these plays, you know, hundreds of times throughout the week. And when you watch Barry. You know, the what the move he made on John Lynch in the open field. Insane, right? But that's that is God given ability and that's him preparing to be one on one with guys multiple times.
0: Great to talk to you. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for joining us.
6: Hey, you know, you're the only person that'll give me up on my off day at <laughs> seven o'clock in the morning. So happy Thanksgiving. And uh, hopefully I get to see you at the Super Bowl this year and I can hug you, give you a big hug.
0: Thank you, Mojo. Good to talk to you. Maurice Jones-Drew, NFL Network analyst and uh, also works for the Rams, and uh, he'll be working Black Friday. They got the Jets and the Dolphins. A couple of phone calls in here. Uh, James in Indiana. Hi, James. What's on your mind today?
1: First time, a long time, 5'7", chunky uh, 210. Chunky.
6: Um. I want to thank you. I'm home with COVID, and there's going to be no Thanksgiving dinner. You guys pick um, me up. I listen to you a lot of time on the radio. And, uh, Fritzie, you always give me a smile
1: every time you talk. I want to thank you.
0: Thank you. Well, uh, Fritzy, would you like to go see James in Indiana maybe uh, during the holidays?
4: I've got plans for the oh, holidays, but I'm I hope going. our paths cross at some point because he just put a smile on my face. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> because he said something nice about you?
4: Yeah, it's the whole minimum kindness thing. Yeah, actually. once again, shut-ins. We love them. We do. Yeah, we need them. Yeah, Paul. James could be five blocks away, and Fritzy was not Fritzy would either. not,
3: no. Yeah, yeah. I, my radius is about two three blocks. <laughs> and then after yep. that, it's like you might as well be in
4: uh, Pittsburgh or
0: something. Uh, Drew in New Mexico. Then we'll take a break. Hey, Drew, what's on your mind? What's up, dudes? Happy Thanksgiving. I love you guys.
6: Um, I have possibly the most polarizing, interesting poll question of the year. But first, I want to give you my Mount Rushmore gruesome injuries to watch. Uh, That Florida State kid is right up there. Willis McGahee and Joe Theismann. Just wanted to know if you guys could add to that. So my Uh, poll question.
0: Jason Kendall for the Pirates when he broke his ankle. Uh, Gordon Hayward is another one. Uh, The the kid from Louisville.
4: DeMarcus Ware. Or not DeMarcus. His last name was Kevin
0: Kevin 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 Ware. Kevin Ware. Kevin Ware. Yeah. Uh, Before you, let me hold you during the uh, commercial break, if I can, Drew. Okay, this might be tease-worthy that you're going to ask this question. So I'm going to uh, put you on hold. We'll come back after this.
1: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
3: All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying.
0: Gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler. 18 plus in most
1: eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick six not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up to date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick six states. Void where prohibited. See terms
0: at pick 6draftkingscom slash promos. The theme today is food in the band's name or in a song. Paulie, this is yours.
4: Yes, this is, I shoehorn a little bit. It's Coffee in Bed by the band Squeeze. Great mm, 80s band. I don't think that's a food. They also have another song called Pulling Muscles from a Shell, which I was going to go as a but backup. But then that would have been food. Right, but coffee, to some people, is not food. It's what they consume.
0: Yeah, but it's the food was what the theme was, not liquids. Oh, let it go. Food and drink. <laughs> it's Thanksgiving. No, Todd. No? No, rules are rules. Am no, I barred from the con- You are. That's fine. You're barred from next week's musical, uh... Contest. I do we, love squeeze. Yeah, Squeeze. Argy Bargy is the name of an album. There you it, go. It, yeah, yes, absolutely. Do they do Tempted? Tempted by the Fruit of a, yeah. Uh, Another. Yeah. yeah. Yes, Squeeze underrated. Got some uh, Got some hits there. Nice. Wonder Seton likes to oh, say... Muscles. Some, sure. some bangers. <laughs> yes, Todd.
4: By the fruit. I saw what you were doing there. That's a fruit. That would count as food. Thank Almost God. all their songs are yes. food
0: related. Uh, the Mercedes-Benz Holiday Love Celebration is here. It's incredible. You can find an exclusive offer on a vehicle that you will adore, and it uh, goes on now through January 2nd. Learn more at MBUSA.com slash offers. He's Ross Tucker. He's a special offer to this program, Ross Tucker Football Podcast, and guess who has the opportunity to witness that incredible, powerful Iowa offense, noon Eastern on CBS. Ross Tucker will be on the call, Iowa against Nebraska. Ross, man, are you lucky. You ready for all the superlatives you're gonna be saying about that Iowa offense? Historically, the worst offense in the history of college football.
2: And they're nine and two <laughs> with with a chance to go ten and two and then play in the Big Ten championship game next week against Ohio State or Michigan. It's really remarkable. I mean, they're so good on defense and special teams that they've been able to overcome, as you referenced, one of the worst offenses we've ever seen in college football. It's really remarkable. I mean, you look at these other teams, and they might win like two games where they score less than 20 points. I was one five games <laughs> where they've scored less than 20 points. They win seemingly every close game. They're four and one in one-score games. And, you know, they had this video of their punter Tory Taylor in the last game, the home game, where he was, like, coming out of the tunnel. Dan, it looked like the Joe Burrow video at LSU. I like <laughs> like the Heisman hype video. <laughs> Except for Iowa, it's their punter. And I asked a buddy of mine, I'm like, was that, like, a joke? Or, are, like, do people really love him that much? Like, no, no. We, we we realize how valuable the punter is, and that was not a joke. That was sincere and genuine That's how much we love that dude. He's the big reason why we win games.
0: And the over-under, I think, is 26.5 for uh, Iowa and Nebraska. Let me ask you about the uh, college rankings that came out. Your resume versus, you know, an injury here. Like Florida State, should they drop? Should they have dropped? Uh, And should you factor in the injury to Jordan Travis, who's uh, their star quarterback on for the year?
2: No, I don't think you should factor in the injury. I don't think that's fair. To all the other guys on that team I think it will be factored in based on how they play in their next two games right like how they play against Florida and how they play against Louisville in the ACC championship then you'll have a better idea of what they're but don't preemptively do it right that doesn't make sense maybe their backup quarterback's awesome maybe he comes out and plays great I don't understand the logic of like a preemptive strike now if you moved up Washington because they beat Oregon State, and it was an impressive win, and now they got these impressive wins, which they do, against Oregon and Utah and Oregon State. Totally fine with that, but it should not have been because Travis got hurt. I'm not a fan of that.
0: Well, you have this in the SEC where you'll play a cupcake, and, and they allow this because I think you play eight games against SEC opponents. Now, this isn't Florida State, but Florida State, you're playing North Alabama. Uh you know, so that's where it's hard to sometimes sympathize, where Washington and Oregon are playing against quality opponents. You know, Pac-12 week in and week out. The Big Ten, you have to play the Big Ten schedule there. Uh, so I, I think sometimes these teams hurt themselves because they're going to play against somebody that they should beat 58-10. to 10.
2: Yeah, well, and, and to your point, Dan, I mean, the Big Ten, got to play nine conference games. In the SEC, they said, that's not going to be good for us. If, if we want to make the college football playoff, why do we want to have one more game where we're, we're smashing against each other? Yeah. Let's have that game before the rivalries where we play, you know, an FCS school or play a lesser school. And I do think that's probably one of the reasons why the SEC has had so many teams go to the college football playoff and so many years where they have two. That's one less game, Dan, that's losable, right? Even if they're probably going to beat – Kentucky or Arkansas, or whoever else it would be, it's still one less game that's actually losable. They're not going to lose, you know, against these FCS teams.
0: We're talking to Ross Tucker, Westwood One, CBS Sports, NFL college football analyst, and of course, a former offensive lineman. Uh, if I gave you CJ Stroud or Trevor Lawrence the rest of their careers? Ooh, that is a good one. I think I'd go CJ Stroud.
2: Yeah, I think i go C.J. Stroud, just because let's go by the body of work and the sample size we have so far, right? You know, even just this year, Dan, I think that Stroud's probably objectively played better than Lawrence has. This is year three for Lawrence, Mm -hmm. and I don't know that he was playing that great. Now, he's coming off his best game against the Titans, give him credit for that, but the week before against the Niners, he didn't look very good. And I think he's got significantly better people around him than Stroud does. In other words, I don't know that the Texans are 6-4 and with Trevor Lawrence like they are with Stroud. And I'm pretty confident the Jaguars would be 7-3 and if Stroud was there. So I'll take Stroud because his, albeit an admittedly limited sample size so far, is better than I think Lawrence's entire body of work.
0: How good do you feel as an Eagle fan? with that performance against Kansas City, because if Valdez-Scantling hangs on to the football, then we got a lot of questions about the Eagles. So they they survived. They won in Kansas City. But how do you feel about them?
2: Well, I think you feel great that they found a way to win the game like they so often do, and that they still have pole position for the number one seed. I really don't think we talk about it enough, Dan. I, I don't know any other sport, where the number one seed, to me, it's inequitable. I mean, not only are you the only team that doesn't have to play a game that first weekend, but then you get two home games. I mean, the difference between the one seed and the two seed, they could have the same record, Dan, and the one seed just has to play two games at home, whereas the two seed has to play three games, including one on the road. So if you're an Eagles fan, yeah, I mean, it was strange, quite frankly, to see the Chiefs, probably be better than the Eagles up front on both sides of the ball. I thought the Chiefs were the better team in that game, but ultimately nobody really cares. All that matters is the win-loss. What matters is who plays better when they face each other again in the playoffs, if that's what happens. But getting that number one seed is so critical that I think you feel real good about the Eagles' chances to still secure that because they got a win that they kind of weren't supposed to get, right? They were the underdogs in the game. They kind of stole one. And with these other tough games coming up, Buffalo, San Francisco, at Dallas, to kind of get that win in their back pocket was huge.
0: Yeah, I agree, because you got to hold off the Cowboys in your own division, and you want to try to secure home field advantage. As a former offensive lineman, tell me what happens in the brotherly shove, the tush-push. Like what Like, is your role as an, an offensive guard? You know, the center is the most important, but as a guard, what role would you play? So, by the
2: way, I'm glad you're bringing this up because what the Eagles do is incredibly impressive. And I'm glad that we've had a lot of season now or a second season of them doing it so that we see these other teams that can't do it that well. The best thing they have going for them, Dan, it's the left side of the line. I mean, Jordan Mailata is 6'8", 380". And then Landon Dickerson, 6'6, probably 355. But I think the advantage there is I think Mylada with his rugby background has helped Dickerson know the key is to keep your feet moving. Those guys are basically crawling. They have their hands down, but they keep their butts up and they keep their legs moving. A lot of times it's not the initial surge. Yeah. But because those guys in the left side, Keep those legs and feet and their hands moving. It just becomes like a wave because they're so big. They're so strong and they don't stop their feet. I think the D linemen sometimes stop their feet and Hertz rides that second wave. Jason Kelsey will even be the first one to tell you that he and Hertz get the credit. What happens is there's an initial stalemate, but my lot and Dickerson just keep digging, you know, like the old bear crawl and then. Hertz gets pushed and shoves over to that side where there's always push, there's always separation. I mean, they, it looks like they get like two and a half yards a carry on that thing.
0: But now you have defenders going over the top, which I don't understand that logic. That, like, they're trying to get Hertz before he ducks for cover, but it makes it easier if I'm taking a, a six, four, you know, 280-pound guy out of the equation in the middle. So I think
2: the first-level guys need to try to jump the count and just dive at the legs, the feet, of the offensive lineman, right? So stop the pile right there, and then have your second-level guys, the linebackers, dive over the top and try to hit Hurts with a shot like Purdy got in that Minnesota game. Look, they've tried it. It still hasn't worked, but to me, that's – That's your best opportunity to try to slow it down.
0: I'm gonna give you one game to watch tomorrow in the NFL. You can have the Packers, Lions, Commanders, Cowboys, Niners, Seahawks.
2: Definitely not Commanders, Cowboys. Okay. The only reason why I I I like Detroit is I just love their team. I I love like that place is gonna be going berserk tomorrow. I'm so happy for their fans. I love Dan Campbell. I love their team. I still think the best game, though, is going to be San Francisco at Seattle. So I'll take the nightcap just because both teams are still very much in the mix. And I think it'll be a good game. I think Seattle's going to give them everything they got.
0: Yeah, you know, I think that stands alone is the best matchup. But I think sentimental value of tuning into those games that start early in Detroit and you're just, it's, a, it's not pretty. They usually lose. Uh, the highlight is John Madden calling the game, but this is different. Like now, you have a real reason to tune in because this isn't the only time you're going to watch the Lions. Since 2000, this is the eighth time the Lions have took a uh, taken a winning record into Thanksgiving, and they're four and three in those previous seven Thanksgiving game. Um, let me see. I got. Something else here. Um, The last time the Lions took a record of 8-2 or better into their Thanksgiving game was 1962, and uh, they beat the Packers that day, 26-14. So maybe a little uh, karma.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm so happy for them. We had so many years, Dan, where we would say, is it fair that the Lions get the Thanksgiving Day game every year because everybody hated watching the Lions. It was always a terrible game. They stunk. I'm glad that they're good. And the Thanksgiving Day game is just awesome. I had the privilege of 21 years ago starting for the Cowboys against Washington and still a top-five game, top-five football experience in my life because everybody you know is watching. I think it's like other than the Super Bowl – It might be, like, the best ratings. Everybody you know is watching. And what's really cool, as a player, Dan, you know, you get the weekend off. So literally, back in 2002, I flew home the next morning, on Friday morning, and that night was my fifth-year high school reunion. I started for the Cowboys the day before my (laughs) fifth-year high school reunion. Like, I, I couldn't have planned that any better. Any girl that didn't like me in high school, I was like, Hi, Barbara. Oh, hey, Jessica, how was your Thanksgiving? Yeah, nice. It was amazing. It was like a dream.
0: But it was weird that you wore your uniform to your five-year anniversary <laughs> just to let people remind them. You're eye black there. You walk in. Hey, you know
2: there. what's funny, Dan? True story. Some kid I didn't like, I met my 5th year Some kid I didn't like, he, he he brought up the fact that I gave up a sack to Bruce Smith. He was like, oh, I saw you give up a sack to Bruce Smith yesterday. I was like, who, Matt, who do you play for? Like, what, like, really? I Matt, mean, you know, you know, I'm at a reunion. I'm probably five beers deep. Like, hey, Matt, that's that's a that's that's a great opportunity to get punched in the face. Maybe don't say
0: that. <laughs> oh, safe travels, buddy. Happy Thanksgiving. All right, likewise. See you guys. That's uh, Ross Tucker. <laughs> it's five, a great opportunity to get punched in the face. Five beers deep. Uh, he's got Nebraska and Iowa. That's at noon Eastern uh-huh. on uh, CBS. He's great. He really is. He's a wonderful person. Uh, a couple of phone calls. Daniel in Tennessee. Hey, Daniel, what's on your mind? Hey, Dan,
6: 59180. Hey, I, I just wanted to give thanks to you. I've been a um, I've been a, a listener for about ten years now, mostly via the podcast. But I, um, my my wife and I, we just had our second son in in August, uh, August twenty first. He was born at a pound five ounces. Oh wow! So he's still been in the NICU. Um, he's still in the NICU currently. Hopefully, he's going to get out this week. Um, I'm sorry, next week.
5: But um, all of that to say, on on Friday, I I got the snip. So um, I've been you know, I've been kind of in the uh, in the, <laughs> the shutting club. In the shut in club since,
6: uh, since Friday. So I just want to say thanks for uh, always keeping the spirits up and always just having a great show and always just being an uh, uh, Emmy award winning caliber show.
5: So uh, appreciate Thank that. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Daniel. You got snipped. Got the snip. Sitting on some probably frozen peas there. Oh, man. When you go to the, uh, when, like, newborns, when they're in ICU. And, and one of my daughters was there, and then you realize how healthy she was compared to some of those preemies. Like you just walk in, and those, those people, those women, those nurses, oh, my God. Incredible, incredible people. All right, let me take a break. Uh, let's see. If you're watching on Peacock, uh, we have our spread here. It's breakfast for lunch, and I'm checking out the big German out there. He is manning the grills. There, this stuff's coming right off the grill here. I love it.
1: Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify
5: and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card,
1: right this way,
5: it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com
0: slash with Amex.
3: All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go...